Blog Talk Radio. LockReport.com, and you also can check out Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook as well. Again, my name is Barry Barnes. Thank you for tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you'll hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. And you guys can always tune in to the BachelorNews.airtime.pro, and you can catch me every day at 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Two quick shows to get caught up on what's going on in the NFL. I like to say the NFL within the NFL. All right. I hope everyone is safe at their locations, whether you're at home, you're at work, or in your place of travel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. When you have a lot of other places you can listen to uh, Sports Talk, thank you for tuning in to this network to hear, I would say, more golden nuggets about the NFL. And speaking of the NFL, everything still looks on target to be able to start on time uh, with this season, um, knowing uh, the whole country is still um, battling with the issue of COVID-19. And as the leagues are getting off to a great start, the NBA um, showing no signs of any players that uh, attracted um, that virus. Um, um, Major League Baseball had their ups and downs, but they were able to manage, and they're getting through it. NHL doing a great job in that bubble up in the Canadian League. And now with the NFL, the last of the four major leagues to start their season, are taking in – what's going on with the other three major sports and what's going on in society and putting in their protocols, putting all their safety measures in. Um, as a matter of fact, um, each player is being tested twice a day up to September the 5th to make sure that all the players are still clear or no one is, um, no positive um, testing. I mean, no players are test positive. So they're doing what they're supposed to do with their protocol and through the and through the protocols, teams are starting to reveal what their plans are because unlike the other sports, uh, well, all sports want to have their fans in the stands. I mean, let's get that clear. Everyone wants to see fans in the stands. Uh, but the NFL definitely is showing um, that they're going to go by the, the the laws of each state for which team is playing in. And whatever the law is being set for that state, the teams want to make sure they do what they're supposed to do to abide by the laws that is set by the state in the United States of America. So that's a good thing. So it shows that they definitely respecting the authority figures of each state in the United States. Now, with that being said, whatever is said or laid out, the teams are trying to implement certain timetables and how many play team, I mean, how many fans they will allow into the stadiums and somewhat given a, a general time period when they may allow fans to come in. Um, we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago how the New York Jets and the New York Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders, they already stated that they will not have no fans in the stands, none the 2020 season. So we know about that. The Green Bay Packers, 
Hey, announced that the first two home games, no fans will be allowed in those two games. But just this week, the Kansas City Chiefs had stated that they plan to open their first home game with about 16,000 fans. So they're allowing uh, fans, you know, to come to their stands. The details of how they're going to select the 16,000, uh, we're not sure. I don't know if that information that came out yet. Um, I know um, early in the summer, Jacksonville and the Miami Dolphins talked about how they want to open up their stadium about 20% of their fans entering in uh, the NFL season. Um, that was, I, I believe they announced that either early July or late June. Uh, have they changed their mind? That probably not for sure, but they did announce how they were going to uh, open up their package for their fans. So things have started being put together with the NFL. Uh, they did not re- release how the players are going to be protected on the field. I know they most likely probably will have some kind of sort of mask for them and also with the officials. I know uh, five officials, none other the referees, all the white hats going to stay intact, but five officials did announce that they were going for gold this year and return back next year, and they guaranteed to have their job. So the NFL is, def- is going to be um, down five referees this year, but they still have enough in their crew with alternates to make sure that every game has this capacity of officiating uh, throughout the 2020 NFL season. Now, with that being said, with the NFL, um, all that stuff is in place. Now, knowing that they're keeping track and being on top of their schedule, even moving towards the 2021 season, and we recognize that a lot of colleges is going to suspend their play till the spring. You have some of the major players, I mean, some of the major conferences still going to play their schedule out. Uh, we had, um, the SEC pretty much laid out their schedule, how they're going to start their play towards the end of September. So we know they're going to play that game, all conference games. Um, there's a lot of other things, like for NC State, I believe they're talking about, you know, just trying to figure out if they're going to play anything, how they will play. I know they open for business, so to speak. There's rumors going around that there's certain teams that have their conference that cancel, I mean, that suspended their play for the fall. But there are some schools that are still willing to want to play this fall. So that's going out there, too. So that's going to be um, something to watch out for. But when you look at the play of college football and how it would affect the the evaluation process in 2021, will it take a major hit? It will take a major hit uh, because nobody can really get out there and see the players face-to-face, one-on-one, in live action. So that part is going to take, you know, a little hit. But the process in itself is still going to be there. Um, the only thing that I would say that will be hindered are the small school guys. The small schools don't have the big budget like major powerhouse schools, how they can uh, um, put together a good uh, program to be able to, you know, to make sure that their players are are safe. Um, Although they do have stuff in place and they they have systems set up and protocols set up. Um, Last week um, I had the, the distinct pleasure of having uh, Shaw University's football head coach, Adrian Jones, to join the show on Locker Talk. And he did talk about how uh, the conference and how, it's, how the school has put things in place, protocols, safety protocols for their players um, to be able to hopefully be ready to play in the spring and how the players are being tested, 
um, how they're going about um, their business as far as the players working out, staying in shape, how they communicate, they Zoom. Um, they have a lot of things in place to keep their players safe. And right now, I said all the players um, are doing very well. Um, no one um, has um, got um, that attracted that virus. Um, really happy to say about that because the player safety is very important. And that's something that Shaw University and, that, and his coaching staff or coach um, Jones wanted to, uh, wanted to make sure and implement a safe environment for the players so that their parents would know that, that, their, that their children are in a safe environment and that they really care about the children there. So according to Coach Jones, everything is on board. All the players are doing, doing fine, and the protocol safety measures are being implemented, and everyone is abiding by it um, through and through 100%. So, so far, so good. So it definitely gives a good indication of how small schools across the board, how they really taking um, taking serious of the situation and how they make it sure that their players will be fine. But when it comes down to the evaluation process and getting to the next level, that's where the challenge will come in for small schools. And not a lot of small school players have a lot of tape or have a lot of video to really examine what they can do on the field, um, unlike the big-time schools where they have a lot of stuff that's in place. So it's going to be very important. And this is where Locker Talk and Locker-Report.com comes into play. Uh, for the past uh, several months, we've been talking about giving a pre-look of players to watch out for heading into the 2021 NFL season. Uh, we talked about players that potentially be invited to the NFL Regional Combine Invitational, which they normally have in March. Uh, we went through the list verbatim, position by position, of players to, that potentially can be invited. Um, all the names that mentioned is not saying that they will be invited, but these are the players that would garner an opportunity and will bring the skill set that the 32, meaning all 32 teams in the league, would be really interested in seeing playing because these players that were mentioned have a good skill set that is worthy enough to be to get in front of NFL scouts. And then after that work, after we shift over from the invitational, now we're starting to talk more about the HBCU. This year, the HBCU Combine would have had their first annual workout, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it was pushed. It was uh, canceled. 2021 looks like it's going to. It's still going to be. It's still going to happen. This is something that the NFL has been putting together for the past several years. Uh, they definitely recognize the need for HBCU players to be in the NFL. Last year, there were a total of 32 players from the HBCU community, that brand that was in the NFL when they had over 1,700 players. So out of 1,700 players, only 32 players from the HBCU platforms were in the NFL. So clearly that has to be changed. Clearly that is unacceptable because the talent is there. Um, this is something that the league wanted to put together, and it's something they put together, and they recognized that they had to initiate this. Um, not all the scouts go to all the HBCU schools just to examine what's there. You know, they will go if there's a certain pros uh, prospect that was talented enough. Other than that, will their eyes and their um, ears be open to hear about other players? Now, I'm not saying that every player that that plays in HBCU or any small school or even big-time play, uh, big-time um, football, does not mean that every one of them NFL quality players. No, it's not. 
um, this year, to be honest with you, when it comes down to the offensive talents for the HBCU, it's very thin. When we talk about the defensive players, which we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about some um, defensive fronts today um, after we come back from the break. But um, it's a little deeper than the offense, but not overwhelming. And, and that's and that's across the board for you know any schools, especially when it comes down to small schools. So don't want you to think there's a, there's an abundance of talent out there uh, from the HBCU and small schools that can translate into the NFL because the NFL is a different monster. It's not easy. It's really tough. You may think you have a chance, or you may feel as though that your son or your best friend pretty much will. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, he's NFL material. Uh, no, it's not that simple. A lot of things that go on in trying to become an NFL player. It's not just so much what you can do on the field, but it does play a lot what you do off the field, how they handle themselves away from the game, and how they are in the locker room, how they are across the board with their teammates, and then that's when the skill set kicks in. Kick in, And trust me, on that football field, whether if you're going up against an offensive player or going up against a defensive player, when I talk about how these guys are truly world's best elite athletes, they only will garner true athletes that at least have a niche that is almost on an elite level where they can say, okay, there's a spot for you. The opportunity is there. Players have to be found. The players are out there. And this is why Lock of Talk and, and also with LockerDashport.com is focusing on evaluating these small schools, players that may get overlooked not saying that on LockerDashboard.com or here on Locker Talk that we will get every last small school guy correct, but the ones that we tag are definitely the players out there are worthy to look at. I mean, look at and to at least garner a workout with NFL scouts and NFL decision makers. So that's the part that separates with uh, Locker uh, with Locker Talk, LockerDashboard.com. Not everyone is always being projected that's out there to be able to say, yes, this, this, this young man should get in front of the scouts. Not all of them. There's very few. But we definitely want to tackle on some of them today. And like we have been doing for the last couple of weeks, dating back all the way back to June. You're listening to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. Um, we're going to take a short break, short pause, and we're going to come back, and we're going to jump into some defensive fronts from the HBCU platform that potentially can be invited to the HBCU Combine next year to get the number of HBCU players up in the NFL once again because the talent is there. They just have to be given an opportunity. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics, then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. All right, welcome back to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashReport.com, and you guys can always follow me on any one of my social handles on Twitter and Locker underscore reports, Instagram, LockerReport100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and 
also on the Lock to Talk podcast. And you guys will always call in if you have any questions or any comments. You can always dial in to 646-929-0130. Number again to call in with any questions or any comments, 646-929-0130. And make sure you guys also tune in to the bachelornews.airtown.pro every day from 2 to 3 where you can listen to Locka Talk on that um, on that um, airwaves or that site as well. And make sure you guys always stay tuned to the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear great shows covering all kinds of topics, all kinds of topics. At one particular show, the Bachelor News Radio Show with the host L.A. Bachelor, every Monday and Thursday from 6 to 8 where you discuss issues on race, politics, injustice, equality, religion, sports, anything that affects the black and brown and poor people negatively. Make sure you tune in every Monday and every Thursday from 6 to 8 on the Bachelor News Radio Network. All right. Now, here go the fun part. Talking about players getting involved with the process in looking at HBCU players for the 2021 NFL season. Now, like I said before we went on break, there's not a ton that's that's out there, but there are out there. Um, last year and this year, actually, right after the draft, um, there were nine players that were signed to teams last year um, coming out of the NFL draft. Um, this year, 2020, the same situation. One HBCU player drafted, eight players signed as undrafted free agents. And within that mix, it totaled up to 32 players from the HBCU uh, platform that signed on to teams in the NFL last year. Now, not all nine of the players last year and this year, I don't see a lot on this year, that will um, that actually made the roster going into the playing season. Some So far, so good. All nine of the players from the HBCU platforms are still with the teams currently as they're in training camp. So that's the good news. When the 50, uh, when the 53 man roster is set in September, I definitely will update you with the, the players from the HBCU that has signed on to the team, or whether if they're on the active roster or if they're on the practice squad. I'll definitely update you. But hitting, but hitting into 2021 is the part that we want to look out for. Uh, for players to uh, to keep your eyes on going to 2021. Last week, like I said, we had the the, ple- the pleasure from Shaw University's football head coach Adrian Jones to come on the show. And my first question with him on the show was a young was a, a linebacker they have there named uh, Devon Hunt, linebacker. I asked about him. I had my eyes on him last year when he was a senior, but he did sustain a knee injury. And he had the red shirt coming into this year. When I asked Coach Jones about him, he said that he's 100%. He's stronger than he's ever been, more healthier than he's ever been. And this young man has the tools to get to the next level. When I asked how he was coming along, he said everything is fine. So at least I know now that I can talk about this young man going into this season so that they um, get their football program, program up playing for the spring. I know that Hunt is going to be out there hunting for offensive players where they can take down. Now, Devon Hunt, 6'1", 220 pounds. He clearly has the size to be a linebacker in the NFL. This young man is very calculated. He 
he processes very quickly. He's not one of those type of players that it needed. He need to take it needs it needs for him to take a long time to recognize what type of play is before him. He processes very quickly and he gets to those spots where he needs to be to make a play. He's very patient. He's not, I would say, the most. He's not the fastest guy on the field. He's not your know, the fastest linebacker um, that you will see on the field. But the thing about him is that he understands angles. And when you're a linebacker and when you understand angles, how to get from point A to point B, the cutoff, the uh, ball carrier, that is a skill set that cannot cannot be overlooked. So he know how to still be very effective because he understands angles. Knowing how to get to his spots to make a stop, he's a solid tackler. He definitely has solid tackling technique. He is a tackling machine. You know, he will hit but he will wrap his arms around and bring you down because he's that strong. He has tremendous upper body strength, strong hands, solid for, for a linebacker, most important for a linebacker. They have to communicate well. They have to make sure that the other, his teammates, his other defenders are in the right spots to make plays because oftentimes the middle linebacker is going to see the play before it develops because the, the middle linebacker is considered the quarterback of the defense and he communicates very well to make sure everyone is in their spot. He has great pad level, means that he uses shoulders very well. He is a born leader, very intelligent. He is truly a pure linebacker. That's what you can say about with Mr. Hunt from Shaw University. Now, another young man that's very good. Now, South Carolina State has produced several good players over the, over the years for the NFL. Um, when, you, when the first person that comes to your mind is Darius um, Leonard, middle linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. He was actually the only HBCU player voted this year on the NFL Top 100 amongst his peers. So we got to get that part changed. But at least he's representing South Carolina State very well in the NFL, which will open doors for a young man like by the name of Bruce Johnson from South Carolina State. This young man sets the edge very, very well. Very quick first step. His first step is fantastic. He fires right off the defensive line. As soon as that ball is snapped or when that ball is ready to be moved, he is gone. His swim technique off the ball is fantastic. He can go, he can swim from his left to his right, get his get underneath the offensive lineman's arm to make sure he can shoot right underneath and take off. So his inside technique is very, very solid. Off the edge, he's very explosive because he's very versatile on the defensive line. He has great speed for his position, you know, being a defensive lineman, very, very fast. He also have, and believe it or not, he actually have good catching ability as well. So he have great hands for a defensive lineman. His hands are always active. He's always moving those hands, swiping those hands, always making plays towards the ball, uses his hands very well. He also have a good, I would say, wrap and strip technique, meaning that as soon as he gets one of his big arms around a defender, he's not always looking to bring them down immediately. He's also trying to make a play on the ball. And he do have a technique. As soon as he grabs the defender, have him secured, whether it's right or his arm, I mean, it was right or his left, then he'll take his other hand to strip the ball. And he have a really good technique in knowing what point on the ball where he should grab and strip because he realizes that if the balls, if he have a player held up a certain way and if the ball carrier is holding the ball a certain way 
And if he recognized that point of that ball is not at the between the fingers of the ball carrier. The reason why I say ball carrier because in the NFL now we have quarterbacks that's trying to run the ball, and a lot of times that point of that ball is sticking out incorrectly, where a defender who's smart enough can get to the point of that ball and strip it out. He has that technique, something to watch out for. That is something that's on elite level. He also has balance and control, solid body leverage, meaning that when he grabs a player, when he's ready to bring him down, he can use his body very well to bring a player down without hurting himself nor his opponent. That if he's coming off the edge, he knows how to use his body to be able to have the leverage that he used to either blow by the offensive lineman or blow over the offensive lineman by using his body very well. He can move around from the line um, throughout the defensive line. Like I said, he's very versatile, very disruptive. He's often fast in the trenches, meaning that he's really, really good on the inside. But on special teams, I think that's how he'll make his mark on the NFL. He's what I consider a special teams giant. Watch out for Bruce Johnson, South Carolina State. Solid player to watch out for. Mike Boykin. Tennessee State, 6'6", 290 pounds. Now, this young man, if to sum him up in just one word, he's very relentless. Explosive off the snap, quick. He will take on double teams often to make sure he free up one of, one of his teammates, one of the other defenders to make a play. He definitely will attract that. He's very powerful. But I think that he loves to overpower his opponents, especially when he knows there's an opportunity to do so. He's not going to do it on every play, but he do enjoy overpowering that offensive lineman or whoever it is that's trying to stop him from doing his job. He has solid technique. One of the things I love about his technique is that when he come off the line, he have a good, he have a solid jump step, whether he's going to jump step to the left or jump step to the right. He's really, really good. And doing and having that technique, which really shows how athletic he is, how fast he is, and how quick he is to be able to exercise that type of technique. Not everyone have a good jump step to be able to be successful to get between the A gap or the B gap to automatically have pressure, put pressure on a quarterback or get inside that running back's face. Not everyone can do that. He's one of those guys can do it at his size at 6'6", 290 pounds. That's crazy. He has a high motor, very active hands. He can get penetration with no problem, and he is not easily fooled. He has great feet. He honestly actually has elite speed for his size and for his position. Very active hands. He's very aggressive yet patient. He's another defensive player that processes very quickly, and it does not take him a long time to know where the player is going. So he's not easily fooled. And he does a solid job in keeping the plays in front of him, and he's very disruptive. For a defensive lineman, he communicates very well, and he has a good pad level. One of the things I like about him is that he definitely have a, I like to say, a crawl or crab tackle technique, whether it's he, depending on the situation on the field, whether it's third and short, second and short, or fourth and short, fourth and inches. He have a way to stay low on the ground to still make a play in the backfield to get to the ball carrier. Does very well with that. And one of the things that will not show up on stats is how often a defensive player will force a quarterback to throw the ball earlier when they wanted to. And that is one of those, one of those effects 
that can be calculated as a stop or be calculated as being a sack, that he have a, a, a niche in forcing quarterbacks to get out their rhythm and get that ball out early than what they wanted to. So watch out for that young man. He's really, really good. Another young man from Fort Valley State, Joshua Patterson, defensive lineman. He explodes on impact. My goodness, when he hits you, it's almost like his body is going through the ball carrier. That's how hard he hits. Very hard hitter. Fast off the ball, very quick, solid speed. Solid off the edge as he can seal the edge. He always has his eyes in the backfield, quickly locks on the ball carrier. Whoever having the ball, he will lock on them quickly to know exactly what, where to attack, the point of attack to make the stop because he had, he definitely had blazing speed for his position. He have good inside, outside technique, very versatile, a pure tackler, highly intelligent, very savvy. One of the things I like about him is that he can examine opponents' feet and their hands. And when he examines where their feet is and how their hands are, he'll know exactly how to attack. That's, that's very unique. That is next level capability right there. Active hands, good strong hands is very powerful. Next week, we're going to dive right into the defensive backs. Defensive backs in the HBCU looking really good this year. We're going to talk about some guys to look out for that potentially can be invited to the HBCU combine next year. The talent is there. They just need to have the opportunity. HBCU football matters. It matters with the NFL. It definitely matters here in Locker Talk and on Locker-Fort.com. Make sure you guys tune in next week so you're here and listen about the defensive backs. And don't forget to make sure you guys can always check uh, check out or send me any messages through Twitter at Locker underscore report, Facebook, LockerReport.com, and Locker, Locker Talk Podcast, and on Instagram at Locker Report 100. And also, you guys, make sure you check us out on TheBachelorNews.AirTime.Pro. Listen to Locker Talk from 2 to 3 o'clock every day. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you guys soon. Be safe out there.